This is the Gate Charlotte Podcast. You're listening to a message by Pastor John Matthews. It's easier just to get up and preach sometimes. But sometimes you're just trying to hear where he's going. He's lifting burdens this morning. I feel like things that have, you know, one of the beauties of going from glory to glory is as we go from glory to glory, he reveals to us so much more of him. And the more we see in him, I don't know how to say it. It's almost like the easier sometimes things become. I I believe that things that as we continue to grow in our love for him, we're going to see mass breakthroughs. You know, just, just say the name of Jesus, and there's such an awareness of how powerful the name of Jesus is that things will just break in groups. I believe that we can become so aware of his presence, and we can steward his presence so well that when people just pull on our property, they're healed. Cancer is healed. Broken bones is healed. Bones are set. Things are fixed. Um, you know, when I had that conversation with that uh, that minister, just such a nice guy, and I sat with him at dinner, and he was telling me just, you know, what he was hearing. And, you know, I just kind of began to feel it stirring up in me, man. I was like preaching at a restaurant. Just, I don't do that. I'm pretty, if you, if outside of church, I'm kind of fine not saying anything. And um, I just felt it stirring up that there's just such a hunger for the Lord. And, and, you know, here's the thing. If it's a hunger for the Lord and he's the one moving and it's just because people are hungry, it's not based on what I'm bringing to the stage in a sense. It's based on hunger. And the thing is, is that if the Lord's doing it, he'll sustain it. If I have to do it, I have to sustain it. It's way too much work to impress a bunch of people every week. But when he shows up, we're just automatically impressed because he's that great. This morning, I, I did have a few thoughts that... That, that's, uh, that's my guy. People that are watching this on streaming have no idea what's happening. <laughs> Just people are yelling all around me, trying to preach. You know, here's one of the things I've learned. <laughs> God loves to pour out the answers before you have the needs. He loves to give you answers before you even have a problem. And sometimes I find when he just starts pouring out laughter, many times it might be because you're going to face something you need laughter. And so I would just encourage you if you're like, why in the world is everyone laughing? You may need that. Because you never know if tomorrow or today or what could come your way. And the Lord said, I was just filling you up with joy before you ever got there. And so sometimes you have to embrace what he's doing even before you recognize the need for it. And so God's up to something. He's doing something. And I I was going to share (laughs) a few minutes on uh, just our identity in Christ and and promises becoming identity. And I do want to share a couple thoughts on it because I do think it's important that we kind of bring this in with what's happening this morning. But there's this interesting passage in the Bible where we see Abraham, who at this point was Abram. And he 
carried a promise for 24 years that he was going to, you know, have this, this child. I mean, anybody ever felt like you've been carrying that promise for a really long time? You know, some of you may be even past 24 years. You've been carrying it. Here's Abraham. He's been carrying this promise from the Lord, and he's, and he's been faithful to carry it. And I want to just read the scripture. It says in Genesis 15, verse 2, but Abram said, Sovereign Lord, what can you give me since I remain childless? And the one who will inherit my estate is Eliezer of Damascus. And Abram said, you've given me no children, so a servant in my household will be my heir. Then the word of the Lord came to him, this man will not be your heir, but a son who is your own flesh and blood will be your heir. (laughs) I'm going to stop right there. Sometimes you need to make sure not to water down what God's trying to do in your life. God was saying, I want to give you an heir. And he said, well, I have no kids, so how about we just have one of the servants be it? He was trying to bring his solution to what God was trying to do. God had a really good plan, and he said, well, how about one? And God said, nope, that's not going to work. It's going to be your flesh. Verse 5, and he took him outside and said, look up at the sky and count the stars. I love this. If indeed you can count them. (laughs) Then he said to him, so shall your offspring be. Abram believed the Lord. Everybody say believed. Believed. And he credited to him his righteousness. It's a massive passage in our journey of faith, that passage right there. If you haven't highlighted it or something, you should. Abram believed in the Lord, but I guess the point I want to make is that sometimes there's, not sometimes, always, there's a next step in the process. Because many people have believed, have received the word, they've believed the word, and they're still waiting for it. Especially in a prophetic culture, if you come around this church more than one or two weeks, you'll probably get a prophetic word. I hope you do. If you don't, um, the whole front row will prophesy over everyone this morning. I'm sorry. <laughs> Just joking. Um, <laughs> Ethan, you good? You got him? Ethan's like, sure, man. I got it. Hey, man, if you never had a kid prophesy over you, you're missing it. He prophesied the house we're living in. Like, he prophesied that we would find it. We thought all the home, we just gave up looking for a home. And Ethan's like, Lord told me we're going to find our home in three days. Right? Remember that? He's like, yeah, I do. (laughs) Years go by with Abram, nothing happens, and Abraham makes a major mistake. He decides that he's going to try to help the Lord out a little bit. <laughs> and so it picks up in Genesis chapter, well, so basically Abraham has the bright idea that I'm going to have a child outside of his wife, and he has a child with his servant, Hagar. And, and how many of you know that it's never a good idea to try to help the Lord out and do it your way when he's calling you into something that's greater? He was calling him into a massive promise. He was calling him into something great. By the way, I'm leaning because my legs are really weak in the presence right now. This is not like my cool preacher stance. I'm, I'm feeling like if I lean back, I may just collapse. So um, <laughs> I'm not trying to look hipster. I'm just trying to stand. And so, uh, no, I'm good. I'm good. And so chapter 17 in Genesis, uh, chapter 17, verse 1 says, when Abram was 99 years old, everybody say 99. 
The Lord appeared to him and said, I am God Almighty. Walk before me faithfully and blameless. And then I will make my covenant between me and you and will greatly increase your numbers. And Abram fell face down and God said to him, as for me, this is my covenant with you. You will be the father of many nations. No longer will you be called Abram. Your name will be Abraham. For I've made you a father of many nations. So here's Abraham. He's 99 years old at this point. He's had this promise for a long time. He's been carrying it. He's been stewarding it. He's been walking faithfully before the Lord. You couldn't blame, you know, you can't say, well, if you, you know, you did this and this and this. No, he was doing a good job. He was believing. He was caring. But he was still 99 years old and saying, all right, clock's ticking. (laughs) 99 years old here, Lord. And so the Lord comes to him and says something that's really all I want to share with you this morning. He said, Abraham, or at that point, Abram, he said, it's time for your identity to match your promise. 24 years ago, the Lord gave you a word and you believed. But for this word to be delivered, it has to go beyond believing to becoming. And sometimes you actually have to literally become be embraced, be filled, be overwhelmed with the word. Let it become who you are even before you see it. And so often our natural tendency is that, well, you know, I know the Lord's called me to this. He's calling me to go to the nations. But Lord, have you looked at my bank account lately? I'm broke. (laughs) But people are praying over me and they're sending me to the nations. Sometimes, though, there's a point that you go beyond believing. That's, a, that's huge. You first have to believe, but then there's a point where it becomes, and you begin to become possessed by it. And in Genesis chapter 17, I'm going to keep reading, verse 6 says, he said, I will make you very fruitful. I will make nations of you, and kings will come from you. <laughs> I will establish my covenant as an everlasting covenant between me and you and your descendants after you for generations to come to be your God and the God of your descendants after you. Jumping to verse 15, God also said to Abraham, as for Sarai, your wife, you are no longer to call her Sarai. Her name will be Sarah. I'll bless her and I'll surely give you a son by her. (laughs) So that she'll be the mother of nations. Kings of people will come from her. (laughs) This is kind of funny. Abraham fell fat face down and he laughed. It should make you feel good sometimes when God gives you those promises and you're just like, all you can do is laugh. Abraham fell on the ground and he laughed. He's having this massive conversation with the Lord and he falls down and starts laughing. Now, I don't know if like a spirit of laughter hit him like right now or if it was just that funny that he just began to laugh. And he fell down, he laughed and said to himself, will a son be born to a man of 100 years old? Will Sarah bear a child at the age of 90? And Abraham said to God, if only Ishmael might live under your blessing. I want you to catch this because it's huge. Abraham asked the Lord, if only Ishmael could live under your blessing. God, if you would only bless what I have already done so I don't have to step into all this new stuff. That's what interprets into church language. God, everything I've already done, why don't you just bless that? Because what you're calling me into right now 
is really scary. So how about just you bless where I'm at? And how many times has the Lord called us into something, something completely new, something very unfamiliar? And you're like, oh, man, why don't you just bless where I'm at? Sometimes instead of us building a wineskin and telling the Lord to fill it, we have to find what God's already doing and build a wineskin around it. And so often we want to build our own little thing and say, now, Lord, fill it. I've built this. And what God does is he tends to say, look at what I'm doing and build around that. And, and, he, and here's Abram at this point saying, well, you know, I've already got Ishmael. It would be great if you just bless him because, you know, he's here. And then this whole name change thing, that's going to bring some real heat, you know, father of nations, a little awkward. <laughs> I'm like turning 100. I've just got Ishmael and father of nations. Really, is that necessary? But see, something had to happen. Abraham had to go from getting the word to believing the word to becoming the word. Where he had to get to the point where he actually aligned up his identity with the word. And I've shared this before, but I want to share it again. There's a passage in Luke chapter 2, verse 8, where we have the announcement of the baby Jesus that's coming. And Luke 2, 8 says, And there were shepherds living out in the fields nearby, keeping watch over their flocks at night. And the angel of the Lord appeared to them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them. And they were terrified. But the angel said to them, Don't be afraid. I bring good news that will cause great joy for all people. I love it that the first announcement of Jesus was connected to joy. Verse 11, today in the town of David, a Savior has been born to you. He is the Messiah, the Lord. Verse 18, and all who heard it were amazed at what the shepherds said to them. Here's the one I want you to catch. Verse 19, but Mary treasured up all these things and pondered them in her heart. I want you to grab something. There's a difference here because here's the shepherds. They got this word. The angels have spoken. They're excited. They're telling everybody, woohoo, he's here, he's here. And then there's Mary that says that she treasured it. She pondered it. And one of the things that we've been learning over the past few years is that there's a next step after believing it. It's continually pondering it. He speaks a word to you. How does it get? How does it get from here to here? Mary just told you. She treasured it. Treat it like a treasure when God speaks to you. Guys, treat it like a treasure. I don't throw all my words out for everybody. Just some people will walk on them. And they're too special for me. There's some things that no one knows but me and Tiffany. But treasure them. She treasured it. She said, this is special to me. But then beyond treasuring it, said she pondered it. What does that mean? She just thought about it, ran it through her head. She pondered it. I, I, I remember when, when we first were stepping in, and there was not many people here at that point in time. Is, and I remember all the promises. Everybody come up and give you these words. You're going to have yada, yada. You're like, yeah. You're going to have all these great people. And it's like there's like 30 people here. But what happens? You hold them in your heart. You ponder them. You think about them. You come in here, you see it in your heart. You see it. 
the eyes of your imagination begins to see things. And you begin to actually become, you begin to become the word, even before sometimes it's manifested. You know, I said it this morning on a little post on the internet. Here's the thing. You're a mountain mover before you ever move mountains. Some people are like, well, once I move a mountain, I can be a mountain mover. That's not how it is in the kingdom. You have to first understand who you are before you get to do what you're called to do. And you have to understand that you are a mountain mover. I've never moved a mountain. It's not about that. It's about knowing who you are in him. And when you begin to understand I am a mountain mover, then all of a sudden I move mountains. That's what I do. And some of us have these words in our heart, and we've received them, and we've believed them, but have you got to the point where that's who I am? I mean, that was a big move for Abram to change his name to Abraham and say, I'm the father of nations, when he's getting ready to turn 100. It didn't look like him. His words sure didn't match where he was at. You're getting really quiet on me. The Lord said to him, he said, Abraham, he said, I've made you a father of nations. Sometimes our words don't line up with our seasons. He was in a season that he does not look like a father of nations. If you filter the word of the Lord in your season, you'll miss what he's really speaking to you. If you're, if, you're, if you're comparing the word of the Lord to circumstances, you're in trouble. So many people, honestly, I have found, give up when they're probably this close. Because it's usually when you're right about there that it looks the most opposite of where you're at. And you say, I give up. You're right there. But Abraham, Abram said, all right, I'll change my name to Abraham. And some of you in this room, you've been like Mary, you have been carrying this, and Abram was carrying it. And the interesting thing was that when Abram carried this word for 24 years, when he aligned his identity to match the word, when he aligned his identity to match the promise, even though it didn't match his circumstances, within a year, he had the promise. Because he said, I'm going to align myself with the word. Sometimes it's hard. Sometimes it's hard to begin to align yourself before it's here. It's, I, I wish it's not that easy. It's not, see, sometimes, the, honestly, the easier part can be just believing it but not putting any action to it. Some people are like, well, I believe it. Let's see what happens. I love telling people one of my favorite things is, what are you going to do about it? It's like one of my favorite lines. People are like, well, well I haven't had it. Well, what are you going to do about it? Are you going to just push into it and let it become everything? Let it become the thing you think about? Let it become the thing that possesses you as the promise? Here's the thing. People that are possessed by the devil act like the devil. People that are possessed by the promise act like the promise. And whatever possesses you is what you will act like. And when you let that word that he speaks to you begin to possess everything that's in you, you will begin to act like it. I'm telling you, it's amazing when you begin to let it. Abram, one year. Within a year, he had a baby because he said, I'm going to change my identity to align with you. I mean, this is a big deal. 
God's given him this word about nations, and he starts laughing. If what you're dreaming isn't laughable, you're not dreaming big enough. If what you're dreaming isn't laughable, dream bigger. And don't listen to fear that often tells you it's wisdom. Now it's getting real. Fear loves to masquerade as wisdom. People will say, well, let me just pour some wisdom into you. Well, before I'm going to receive that, are you doing anything in your life that requires risk? Because if you're not requiring risk of yourself, I know that you're not going to be able to speak into me on that. And often it will say, well, I just want to, you know, let the voice of wisdom speak. Well, as long as it's wisdom and not fear. Because fear acts, fear often covers itself as wisdom. And fear will do everything it can to stop you from becoming that word. Because it knows that when you align your identity with it, you will begin to become it. And then the Lord will begin to release the fullness of it into your life, just like Abraham, Abram becoming Abraham. There is, there is seasons that are, that are challenging, and I'm, I'm going to kind of pull this together. Typically, the seasons right before things really happen, I have found, they are the most challenging seasons. It's usually a transitional season where everything we've become comfortable with begins to fall away. I'm not setting you guys up for a big surprise or something. I'm just sharing my heart with you this morning that sometimes that it's, it's when we begin to get in that place, I've learned that if the Lord left us comfy, we would never transition. It's kind of like a baby in a womb. They kind of hit that point where it's like, okay, I'm out of room. Things are not as comfy as they once were. I need more room. We're a little bit like that where we can be comfortable in what the Lord's doing, and then he begins to speak all these promises, and you're like, well, that's cool. We'll see. And then all of a sudden, you're doing your thing, and everything begins to fall away, and everything you've been comfortable with, wait a minute, you're not even singing my favorite worship songs anymore. (laughs) Those were my good ones. What are these new ones? (laughs) And everything that's comfortable begins to fall away. Why? Because the only way that we can go from glory to glory is if we are willing to let go of what we're holding on to step into the new thing that he has. And so often, if we keep holding on to it, I've I've learned, this is one of those things I've learned. If you keep holding on to something once that season's over, you will sooner or later run it into the ground. I promise you. I hate to say it, but it will run into the ground because once the grace leaves it, you're doing it on your own without him. And so the things that we hold on to in our life that we say, I don't want to let go of that. I don't want to let go of that. I'm holding on to that. I'm holding... You'll do it good as long as you've got a bunch of people that will surround you that they're still trying to hang on to the same thing. Which is why you see people huddle together that only want to look backward. That's why it's important you surround yourself with people that are hearing from the Lord because they'll pull you forward. 
I said that in the wedding. I was at yesterday. I said, surround yourself with champions. David slew Goliath, raised up 300, and there was a bunch more that slew giants because they hung around a giant killer. Hang around people that will pull you forward, even if it's uncomfortable. <laughs> I, I, I'll be honest with you. I, I purposefully hang around people that make me uncomfortable. They're like, they're like, some of my friends are like, wait a minute. What's that? But I, I, I hang around people that push me. I have to. I, was a mus- I am a musician. I remember when I first started playing drums, uh, I, I was, I, music runs in my family. It's pretty easy for me to learn instruments. Now, math, on the other hand, pfft. oh, man. But learning an instrument, I could do that like that. And I remember I was learning to play the drums, and I was picking it up really quick. Matter of fact, I was young, and I've been in this church for a long time, actually. Most of you just don't know it. And... Um, I, would, I was learning to play, and I remember I was getting pretty good, and I thought I was pretty good. I mean, right? You know what I'm talking about? You know you think you're pretty good until you hang around with somebody that's way better than you? And then we brought in this bass player to play bass with us for a conference that was one of the pros, came from Nashville. This guy was good. And uh, he came in and, in so many words, made it very clear that I had a lot to learn. And uh, just began to push me. And the thing is, is I could have hung in the place where I was good enough where just the people that were around me thought I was good and I could hang there. Or I could bring around people that challenged me and pull me forward and say, no, there's more. What's the point? Churches have a tendency to huddle around people that are all in the same circle of, well, we're enjoying this little thing God's doing. Let's all get together. We enjoy this little thing that God has done or did. Let's hang together. And it's dangerous because he's not breathing on it sometimes. And all we're doing is getting together and celebrating the past instead of stepping into the future of what he has for us. And listen, I believe the foundation of where we get to go is based on how we can honor the past but not relive the past. But we get to say that's the foundation that we get to stand on, but let's go for more. You've got to surround yourself with those people. Because when there's that season that God is getting ready to bring you in, I'm telling you things begin to fall away. And you're like, and it's usually at that point, like, well, maybe it's the church. Maybe I should just leave the church. I'm just not comfortable. I'm serious. That's the things that will start going through your mind because God's taking you through a process. And, and it's really at the very end that we start trying to figure out what is going on. Is it the pastor? Is it me? Is it the church? Because everything's not working right now. And God is saying, I'm welcoming you into something much greater. But let it become your identity. Let it possess you. Thank you, Jesus. You have to understand transition and stepping into what God's calling you into isn't really that scary if you know already what you carry. Really, the people that get fearful and back off are the people who don't recognize what they already carry. 
I, I just recognize he's so good, he won't fail me. And I recognize that I'm more than an overcomer. Between those two, I'm good. I'm good. See, there's this thing about identity. I'll, I'll close on this thought. I've shared it before, but when Adam and Eve were in the garden, and remember when the serpent came and talked to Eve? It's always funny that she talked back to <laughs> having a conversation with a snake. It's things we don't think about. I mean, and she, um, what does the serpent say? It says, if you eat from this, your eyes are going to be open and you're going to be like God. What was the real trick? The real trick was actually getting her to think that she had to get her identity through works instead of recognizing that she'd already been given it through grace. The Bible said that she was already, man was created in the image of God. Are you with me? Man was created in the image of God. Here comes the serpent and says, well, if you'll only eat of this, you'll be like God. Well, wait a minute. You're already like God. So what was the real trick? The real trick is this is where striving was introduced. This was where things changed and people began to think that I have to do something to be like him. My son can't do anything to be more my son. He, he can't. He can't be more my son. He can't be less my son. He's my son. He can play basketball. He can play an instrument. Doesn't change it. He's my son. But for some reason, we've been sucked into the belief that if we do more of this, this, and this, we'll get to be more like him. You're already his son and daughter. The enemy opened this door by saying, if you do this, you'll be like him. He opened the door to believing that you had to do it through works when it was already given to you through grace. Amen. And he's still trying. He's still banging that drum. But see, when we begin to understand whose we are, it makes this ability to be able to step into new things a lot easier. Because my dad is not going to call me into something that's not good. He's not going to fail me. He's that good. How do you know? He's my dad. Just line up your identity. So God's calling us this morning to take the words, to take the things that you've been carrying. I just went through a whole sermon in like 20 minutes. He's calling us to... <laughs> now I get a hallelujah. <laughs> well, that being said, I got like five pages left, buddy. <laughs> <laughs> I, love, I love being with family. It's a lot more fun. <laughs> Thanks, Jesus. Lord, just silence this section over here for a few minutes. Just for a moment. No.
No, it's, it's good. It's good that God's doing, if you've noticed something the past two weeks, God has been releasing a lot of joy. Yes. Um, and it's a timely season for joy. It's a timely season for joy. So when he wants to have fun, I'm going to have fun. Yes. So I'm all right with that. But he's doing something with joy. He's doing something with people stepping into their words. And I, want, I just want to encourage you, listen, I don't care. It doesn't matter how young or how old. Abraham was 99. He's like, hello, God. <laughs> 99. 24 years now. Well, God said, well, just change your name. Would have been nice to know that 24 years ago. <laughs> change your name. Why? Because your identity needs to match your promise. And then you get to step into it. So let's stand up. Thanks, Jesus. How many of you are carrying some promises that you're ready to see them released? Ah, thanks, Jesus. I know it. I know in a room with this many people, there's a lot of promises there. So let's just do this. If that's you, just, just, just put your hands out before the Lord right now. And you're going to have some time with Jesus right now. And just tell him, Father, I want the things that you've called me into. Lord, I embrace them as my reality. Even if it's not... What I see, I'm stepping from receiving, from believing, to embracing as my reality. Some of you have so much grace on you. I feel it every time I'm around you. And, 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 and listen, there's sometimes there's a, there's a process he's working us through. But I just want to be ready. I want to be aligned. So, Father, we take those promises. We take those promises right now. We say, Lord, we just, everything in us, we align it with the promise. Whatever that promise is, you know your promise, especially over couples. If you're here with a spouse and there's some promises you're carrying, just grab their hand if they're here. If they're not here, it's okay. But grab their hand. Do this thing together. Just embrace that promise. Let it become your identity. Lord, work it into me. Just like Mary, she treasured it and she pondered it. I pray that it just becomes the front of your thinking again. Some of you, it was all you could think about when you first got it. And as time has went by, it's just faded away. But let it be restored to the very front of our thinking. There it is. There's nothing, there's nothing that can stop him. I just feel like there's that, that, some of you need to know there is nothing that can stop the Lord God Almighty. There's nothing that can stop, your bank account cannot stop the Lord God Almighty. Your situation, your circumstances previous relationships that didn't work out that people have told you has put a mark on you that cannot stop the Lord God Almighty so let that thing go because either we're new in Christ or we're not either the blood was enough or it wasn't there's no in between so it was enough 
or it wasn't. I think it was enough. What do you think? I just feel like some of you need to receive that. There's some poor thinking that's kind of a hiccup for some of you. His blood is enough. Just receive it. Thanks, Jesus. I do feel the grace to pray for this. Um, I feel a a grace to pray for some financial miracles. Uh, I've kind of been feeling that throughout the morning. Let me say this, too. I always pray for wisdom, too, because, I mean, the Lord can overwhelm you with financial miracle, and it can go away as quick the second time as it did the first time. And so sometimes he has to teach our heart how to handle what he's giving us. And so I pray for wisdom with everything that I ever pray over you. You need to pray for wisdom, too, to know how to steward it. But I do feel uh, to pray for a couple things financially real quick. So I pray for those of you. If you need a financial miracle, um, I know everybody could say, I need a little more. (laughs) I think everybody's kind of like that. But some people, like, it's like a miracle is needed. Like, there's consequences that you're not wanting to face if a miracle doesn't happen. If that's you, I'm going to ask you to be bold. Raise your hand. All right, look around. Put your hand on somebody around you that has their hand up, and, and I'll just lead you in a prayer. Once some people, just look around back here. I need somebody to go back there, back there. Over here, there's quite a few people. <laughs> I want you just to release the God of abundance over them right now. I feel like there's a release, so we just release the Lord of abundance over you right now. I also just pray that any, I, I, I pray for supernatural, just this breaking of debt that doesn't make any sense. I've had that happen before where I've gotten letters that they just canceled debt. Doesn't make sense, but he can do it. So I pray that if there's debt that needs to be canceled, that he would do that. And I pray that he would give you wisdom. He would give you insight. For some of you, it may just be how to change things around a little bit. The miracle, just remember, the miracle may come through him telling you what to do. And then there's a miracle. So, Father, we listen to your voice. I pray over everyone that has their hand raised. Lord, I pray a restoration of faith. Those of you that have been worn down by this uh, financial stress, it's one of the heaviest weights to carry. I pray for a rejuvenation over your spirit right now. I pray for just a refreshing over your heart right now, that as you've carried this for a long time and it's changing, that you would feel the refreshing of the Lord. And we pray that there would be hope over you. Come on, just release hope over them right now. Hope. Sometimes you just need hope. Just need hope. I'm telling you, hope can do amazing things. Hope be released over you. In Jesus' name. Now begin to thank him for the miracle. This is what we're talking about. Even if you don't see it yet, just begin to thank him. Father, thank you for helping me. Thank you for what you're doing. Thank you for what you're doing in the room right now. Right now. Right now. Thank you, Jesus. Yeah, Jesus. <laughs> Those of you that feel called to the ministry, but it hasn't kind of been working out for you. <laughs> Raise your hand. This kind of hadn't worked out that well. <laughs> Look around. <laughs> All right. Are you ready? 
I just feel like the Lord making sure that you understand it can always look different than what you may be looking for. So I'm just going to throw that out there because I feel him really saying that. Remember, it could look different than what you were looking for. But if you have felt a real call on your life for ministry, one more time, put your hand up. And I want people to put their hand on you from all around you. And we just want to pray that the Lord would surround you and begin to carry you in. Again, often there's things that he's going to reveal to you that have to happen. But in Jesus' name, we just thank you for the call that you've put on these individuals' lives. And Father, we pray over their hearts, Lord, that have grown weary, that have gotten tired, maybe even a little heartbroken from some things that have happened. Lord, we just pray right now that the God that makes wrong things right will touch their lives, touch their hearts, touch their marriages, touch, Father, the ministry that they're called to and begin to just lead them in, Father. Lord, we speak to anything that's a hindrance that's not you, that you would remove it. That you would remove it. That you would remove it. Step into it. Just step into it. Even if you can take a little step forward, just, just take a little step forward. Step into it, man. Step into it. All right. Now, I hate to break it to you, but everyone in this room is called the ministry. I know, trick question. So it's now it's everyone in this room's turn before we go home. Because you are all, if we're really going to be an apostolic church, you're all ministers, right? Mm. So everybody in this house, before you go home, put your hands out to the Lord. Actually, I'll tell you what, grab the hand of the person next to you. Let's do this as a family. Lord, we just pray over every person in here. And those that you haven't even, Father, maybe it hasn't even been awoken in them yet, Lord, that have a calling and a grace on their life. Lord, I pray that now, Father, that they would begin to feel them calling you, Lord, and leading you into that place, Lord. I pray that you would begin to open their eyes to see things in the Spirit like you've never seen before. I pray that you would begin to hear things more clearly than you have ever previously heard things before. I pray that in your workplace, uh, whoever told you that you work in the secular is not true. You work in the kingdom, period. And so I pray that as you go into your workplaces that you would carry the kingdom with you. Everywhere you go that you would be known as someone that has the favor of the Lord and people would want to talk to you. People would want to hear what is your strategy? Why is this working so good for you? <laughs> Lord, I release a grace over them, Father, to advance the kingdom everywhere they go, everywhere you go, at lunch, at home, at work, with your family, you would advance the kingdom everywhere you go. I bless you. I bless you. I bless you with more of his presence than you've ever experienced before. Oh, there it is. <laughs> Woo. Just let the weight of your presence just Rest on them right now. Rest on them right now. Rest on them right now. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you that you're equipping the church to be stronger than it's ever been before, Father. Thank you that you are establishing us in your love and the identity of who we are in Christ. So just say, Lord, I pray that you bless the person on the left and the right of me. Bless them with the greatest blessings, Lord, that you've got. Bless them. 
Bless them. Bless them. Thanks, Jesus. Thanks, Jesus. Oh, uh, if you think he's good, say amen. 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 <laughs> oh, I'm just going to welcome the prayer team up if they can. Some of them probably can't right now. <clears throat> That's all right. I'm going to welcome the prayer team up. Listen, if you have anything that you need somebody to agree with you on this morning, it doesn't matter. Whatever it might be, they'll agree with you. It could be for a family member. It could be for sickness. Whatever. They'll pray for you. So have a blessed week. And we'll see you next Sunday or whenever we see you. Bless you guys. Have a great day.